So we open this pod with some critical feedback we got from a listener about our audio quality and bemoaning the fact that uh, we thought it was unfair criticism. And then guess what happened? Yeah, we shat the bed. We had one of our first um, real audio fuck-ups um, where you know, the quality's not quite there this week. But I'll tell you what, we had a good time chewing the fat, as always, deconstructing the big issues facing Collingwood today and sharing your hard asks about what uh, what we need to do to bring crowds back to the footy. So without further ado, now I get to do Damo's bit, which I've always wanted to do. Uh, and then we can get into it. Okay. This, this, this is pie hard. Fuck that shit. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. Bob's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the spiritual home of Collingwood. Now, I ain't talking about Vic Park. I'm talking about Pie Hard. Alex Watkins, welcome to Pie Hard. Welcome back. Good to be back. Shout out to all our listeners, including the listener who um, recommended we get better microphones um, based on our last <laughs> yeah, what interview with Jimmy Clement. What I mean, was that? What, it was, what's wrong with the $28.99 newer microphones from China? The Amazon special. We do know that uh, maybe the NBN is not as strong or vibrant as it could be over in the West, and we don't begrudge them of that. That's, uh, you know, they've got a bit of catching up to do when it comes to the telecommunications yeah. industry. But I'll, I'll have you know these knee were brand um microphones some of the best you'll that's get. right blame some of the best you'll get for under um 8.99 blame old leather jacket malcolm because he didn't get the cables going across the nullarbor and <laughs> the only problem <laughs> with audio issues was the um what did he call himself he he certainly said he was not tech savvy but clement he <laughs> had a bit of rough audio but we've had some great feedback mm. apart from that one comment it was a good. It was a good interview. But look, we're going to dive into a very spicy uh, episode of Pie mm-hmm. Hard. Now, before we before we bounce straight into our our favourite um, segment, our hard yes and hard no, it would be remiss of us to brush the win against the Dockers under the under the table, mm, it's under not the couch, that one. under the carpet, mm. like a forgotten Cheeto, um, because. Some games you shouldn't forget in a season like ours, and we will not be forgetting that one in a while. I've got to say, when when the club posted, because I was doing shit on Sunday, but when when the club posted that image, I think it was of Dacos warming up in torrential rain. Mm. It just gave me a really good feeling. Yeah. It- did you did you did you get that? It's like one. I just like wet weather football yeah. because. It kind of, you know, it brings everything back. Yeah. You know, it brings everyone back to the um, to the core, to the nucleus, to the essence of what football's all about. 
territory game, winning one-on-one battles. Oh, I um, thought you were going to say it brings all the players back to the shitness of not being able to, like, perform skills. But I noted that yeah. Nathan had the opposite view. He said that in his experience it brings players, it brings the best players out because they're able to handle cleanly when others aren't, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> do, do you agree with that? I think it's bullshit. Um, no, I think it, I think it, bring, I think it bring, brings everyone down to just a really um, harsh, you know, like a real a real base level. Yeah, okay. And, and we, but and it we, wasn't and a base okay. level. That, that's not how it played no. out at all. I agree that it was for us Sunday off, okay, off so Broadway. You're, you're, so hang on. So are you you're on Nathan's side on this one? Look, I just wanted to quote Nathan to make it seem like we've mm. done research, but <laughs> I think that I don't know about that theory, but. At least on Sunday, I think there is something behind the idea that the balls are uh, kind of rotated through a lot and they dry up pretty quickly. Drainage in these facilities is good. So you think you're in the drainage. Yeah. In the, on the, it looks horrible. The, the, the ground looked like a goat trap. It looked no, but like, it no, got drier it, as the game proceeded. Oh, I did it. Okay. So I, be- no, I believe. Drainage. And so that you had oh. like Jeremy Howe taking a specky. That's not happening in the start of the first quarter. The game changes oh. pretty rapidly. I despise that oval. I really do. I'll, I'll despise it. And I, I've always hated it ever since I went over and watched a game there and I sat down and every seat had a cup holder behind it. And I thought, this is fantastic. Like every seat has a molded plastic beer holder. Yeah. So I, I put my beer in it and then the, the guy in front of me sat down and it like, like a springboard. Yeah at the Olympics, it sent a stream of booze <laughs> over me and three rows back and I got evil eyes from everyone. I'm like, what the? And it's just, it's flimsy plastic. Yeah. Okay. They just use really flimsy plastic on the They're scene. They're trying to do like gold class, gold class village cinemas, but it's just not quite, not quite there with the beer and nuts. Design floor. And then if you're up high, the lights are sort of on the roof, but they can be quite blinding. At certain yeah, they've stages. gone with anyway. this new kind of LED, but you're missing the best part of, that story was that mm. you called up SEN masquerading as a Melbourne supporter and got on Hutchie's private jet to Optus Stadium. <laughs> yeah, we, we we won tickets. I don't know how we did it. We won tickets. We flew over. So it, was, it was that preliminary final in Melbourne. And so anyway, at one point, we were in like the SEN, like it wasn't a corporate box because it didn't face the ground. It was like in the bowels. It was like deep down. Yeah. And it was just sort of me drinking and Hutchie eating like a smorgasbord of like cabana <laughs> and cheese and stuff. It was like Savoy's. It was a very, it was a very, it was a very unique. Um, anyway, I went and bought a Collingwood beanie because I was like, "Fuck this!" Everyone was like getting stuck into me, and I was like, "I don't support." I think the canapé game in the West is twenty-two years behind the East Coast. It was. Um, well, Hutchie was a fan, so yeah, he was loving it. Um, look, look, what are we doing? Let's kick into our. What are we doing? Game in a movie. Ah, uh, yes. So, okay. we're, as always, with our game in a movie, where we're, it's a quick review of the free metal game. Mm. Now, we have a hero, a villain, a love scene, and a plot twist. Let's start with a hero, a much maligned hero, um, mm. a comeback of sorts from none other than what's his name? Salt, John Noble. So, John Noble. John Noble. Yeah. From Saxa to Molden. In 30 seconds. In a little passage of play, a little 30-second stanza, mm. restored my faith, not only in his role in the team, yep. but what I was saying earlier about whether football 
diving tackles, smothers, one percenters, all you need to do, territory, gain, put your body on the line. It was textbook Abbotsford, it was textbook Collingwood. It took me back to, you know, the early days of 1930, 1940, where footballers didn't have to be flash. Mm. They didn't have to keep 14 goals. They didn't have to take out opponents. They just had to do the simple things really well and execute them with uh, precision and efficiency. And beautiful to see. Had could 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 not have been a, a stronger hero in my eyes. It's funny. The things you remember as supporters are not always the flashy things, as you said. The the, the banana from the boundary or the big top or something you know miraculous. Mm. It is those desperate efforts. And I th- I reckon mm. he just earned himself in the eyes of supporters like a three year contract extension. Because mm. it reminded me of that Dale Thomas diving punch, which I reckon happened in either one of the prelim in the prelim or one of the grand finals in 2010. Just a desperate mm. act. And let's be honest, Salt, aka John Noble, mm. is not built to play like top level football. Mm, no. He's I think there was some story about him being like you know, uh, kind of midget, not a midget, but like underdeveloped. Like he didn't grow until mm. late, later. He didn't develop. And mm. um, so he's a late developer. But I've got to say, and that was evidence on Sunday, his desperation to carve out a career is super impressive. He, he's got, he gets mm. on the ground, he's almost got like this white lion fever look on his face, like this grunty pink mm. haze that overcomes him. Mm. Big fan of salt. Flush red face. He's got a twin brother too. And the thing with him is like he, he'll have really good games and then he'll have sort of off games. And I always wonder, this is the um, conspiracy theorist in me, I always wonder whether he just, you know, swaps the role with his brother. What was that movie <laughs> with Tom Hanks? Uh, Vice versa. I don't know. I can't remember the one. But, um, you know, just to prolong his career, he only played, like they played two games each and rotate. Because hmm. it's the speeding image. The brother, I don't know if you've ever seen it, he plays football it's in... Um, I was going to say South Africa, South Australia. Lo- looks identical. Do you know any identical twins? <laughs> I knew uh, there was, there was uh, some identical twins in primary school, but I've lost track. So I know, Scott, I know one. I know one pairing, and it's always mm-hmm. made me laugh the story of them like, at a wedding. I think this has actually played out many times. And mm. one of them's going to work on the dance floor with a young bird and, and and with some progress, <laughs> some success, yeah. and they're getting yeah. closer and closer, a bit of grinding. He he bails mm. to go to the toilet mm. back in a minute. And mm. his unbeknownst to him, his brother strolls on. He just didn't didn't yeah. witness what was happening. And um, this young lady just embraces, like devours his face because mm. Mm. he thinks mm. um he thinks the the banana, the A banana is back, but it wasn't with the B banana. And completely, this was not planned. It's just for our listeners. No, out I there. think if it was planned, it no, would it was be complete, stepping it was complete, overstepping it was a, into some like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just to clarify mm. that. All right, we um, we have a villain, and look, it has to be Genevieve, but for all the right reasons. Mm. Um, he's just playing that that villainous tag. Genevieve, uh, with, Genevieve. with a plum. Genevieve. Well. Buckley says Ginevan, but everyone else seems to say Ginevan. I'm going Ginevan anyway. Yep. Ginevan. Let's go. Yeah, let's go Ginevan. Let's go Ginevan. That's two strikes for Buckley in this pod today. <laughs> and we love, we love just the term chicken wing tackle. Mm. And I was doing some research on the chicken wing and found out that it originated, the, the word, the term chicken wing originated in the NRL. 
and it was coined by a Fox Sports NRL producer called Jeff Bullock in 2008. And it's just a weird, I wasn't sure whether chicken wing was accepted in like in, in the international vocabulary. Like okay. is this a, is chicken wing just something that, you know, there's been chicken wing tackles in the, in the, in a NFL, there's been chicken wing tackles in hockey. So just to be clear, is it when they like Amsterdam, they grab your arm and twist it back the wrong way? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like you know, it's like classic for the listeners. Dan was doing a chicken <laughs> impression. I'm, I'm doing a chicken dance. No, I'm doing the chicken dance. Okay. Yeah, so just yeah. go, go, go back. You know, good. it's like with good a bit visuals. of brine, just a, a little bit of twine, wrap them up with a little bit of brine, wrap a little bit of oil, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Yeah, maybe it. A full lemon in the cavity, and that's your that's your chicken. Uh, your chicken. Well, my grandfather laid tackle stand. My grandfather laid claim to uh, inventing the first automatic chicken plucker. Really? Yeah, but I think he actually. Oh, sounds 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 uh, not very RSPCA yeah. approved. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if the chickens were alive. Oh or my dead. god! But I think he yeah, actually okay. just stole the idea from the states and imported it to yeah. Australia. I think that's. Um, mm. Secret behind our family success. That's terrific. Mm. I love that. Mm. <laughs> so, but he he may he may old Neil may have invented the chicken mm. wing tackle, but he didn't like footy. Mm. He didn't like footy. Mm. Um, he didn't like football. I think he was ostensibly a pies man, but didn't didn't go. He's a fisherman. You know, they like to fish. They they want the mm. serenity, whereas well, peace, we want the peace and quiet. We want the coliseum. But um, chicken wing tackle. I didn't. So there was one on Ginevan, Was there? Oh, <laughs> On um, Sunday. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't see it. I mean, again, I didn't see this in the game, and I, I watched. I it saw it. it yeah, like, I did see it. I, but I thought it was the previous week. He's getting one per week. He's he's suddenly mm. hateable. He's a target. He's become a target. What's your take on the? What's your take on the amount of high tackles? Is it? Has he just perfected the art of um, yeah. loosening the the knees? Yeah, yeah. He, he he's perfected the art. He is exploring mm, the rule because um, it never looks. It never looks like. It never looks like over the top. No, in its movement, it's 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 quite subtle. It doesn't. But it just it, ha- he, it, happen, it happens mm. too often to be um, a coincidence. It's almost become instinct for him. He sees the contact mm. coming, mm. Um, and he just goes a little loose at the knees. He does not because- raise his shoulders in the Joel Wood sense. In Jolwood, no. in the Joel Selwood no. sets. Um, look, if I'm being consistent, I probably don't love it because I hate Selwood. Mm. But Ginevan is effective. And and in Ginevan's defense, he managed just to draw like serious, like clothesline type high free yeah. kicks. Like I think the Selwood yeah. kind of gets a little bit over the shoulder and, he, you know, the umpires love him. They kind of like give him the benefit of the doubt. With Ginevan, like when he draws a free kick, he gets his head taken off, so it's yeah, quite yeah, he daring. Does. He, really, he really, he really does. He adopts that classic um, weekend at Bernie's stance. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the? You ever seen the poster to Weekend at Bernie's? It's just like the knees are just a little bit, uh, you know, out to the <laughs> out to the right. The shoulders are sort of slumped a little bit. Yeah, it, you know, it looks like he's had a few uh, margaritas. He's, put, he's margarita putting his life on the line, and um, respect mm. him for that. And his neck. So would they? Would do they teach that at club level? Is that like? Is that a tactic that's oh, taught? I, or is that just a, I reckon, a player just goes goes off script? I reckon he's been doing it since the under nines. Since he kicked hundred and ten yeah, right. under nines, he's just got that look Did about him. He just knows. He just he's he's got a great spatial awareness. 
and he knows he knows what to do when there's pressure coming. He's exciting to watch. No matter how bad the team's going or cold it is outside, you can bank on a performance from him. Isn't that crazy we're talking about Ginevan? He's mm. kind of in many ways um, just overshadowed the prodigal son. Oh, the, Nick Dacos. The just, prodigal son has been overshadowed not just by Given, but I even think Josh Dacos is totally. having a better or more visible season. And the, that's the thing about um, – I don't even know whether uh, Nick Dacos is a shoo-in for the rising star because he's not that visible. He's actually one of those guys who if he gets 24 touches, you're like, oh, I didn't really see him. But this is the best thing. Like No one's talking about it, but Ginevan and, I agree, older brother Josh, are taking that sort of mm. like, you know, bottom of the Mariana Trench pressure mm. off his shoulders because – in the lead up to this season, in the preseason, in the first two games, it was like, you know, we'd be we'd be screwed without this guy. And now it's just sort of a way, still sort of getting the average, still averaging like twenty four touches, still doing the team thing off the back flank, um, contributing, yeah. doing really well, he's super, growing, super developing. Neat. But he's not, he's not just he just just doesn't get like in many ways. I, I don't know if that's a tactic as well, but Ginevan's just drawing away that heat. Mm. If there was a heat map just drawing away. And he wants the, it. And uh, Gilliman wants the heat. And he wants it. And he feeds off it. Mm. And he thrives off it. That's the best thing about it is that he's like going to be. Like a gremlin. It's like a gremlin with water. Big game You player. see gremlins? Yeah. Yeah, gremlins. Love gremlins. Where they put the water on it? They're allergic to water, aren't they? Or like it kills them. No, it, kill them? it makes them go. It makes, oh, it makes them go crazy. Makes them go, yeah, kind of fizz. All right. Love scene. Now I've got to pick a few things here. I had, I had a couple, but. I think we we put this one out on on Twitter during the match, and um, I think it was heartwarming. Okay. So it's not a it's not a full on love scene. It's not one of those. Not ones. It's more of a no. Just making us making us uh, smile. Platonic. McRae's first four quarter magpie performance of the year, but not just mm. a four quarter magpie performance. A manic four quarter magpie performance, like mm. a frenetic, a frenetic. High stakes, high yeah. energy, high velocity four-quarter effort. Not just, you know, not, not just a steady sort of um, metronomic beat of a performance. No, this was like, this was like, oh, Here's the thing about pressure teams is that when the pressure is good, it's good. But conversely, when the pressure is not there, it's bad. And we saw with this, particularly against Richmond, certainly the Bulldogs, Against Richmond, broken tackles, pressure down. You get you get shown up, and I've I've long had a problem with like Collingwood having to always be a high pressure team, as if that's the DNA. Mm. Um, because is there another option? I mean, could you just be like a really skillful team, like Hawthorne, You know, in their premiership years, they just like slice and dice with their foot skills, left footers. Yeah. You know, the, could you be a team which is just awesome at clunking? Contested marks in the forward line, like big gorillas mm. everywhere. I mean, we always seem to be a pressure team, and the issue is that when you bring it, um, it looks fantastic. And this was the first mm. time we'd seen it consistently throughout four quarters, which was great to see. Mm. But when there's a lapse, you know, it's really visible as well. So uh, it's a double-edged sword. I was gonna, I was gonna put the pie signing in for um, love scene, just because I thought that was a really the what. Did you see at the end of the game 
someone handed over a pie to be signed. All right. No, I didn't say to who? No. Uh, I think it was um, Bo. McCreary. McCreary, yeah. He looked like a good pie signer. Yeah. I think he got a Sharpie out and signed the top of a dude's pie. Yeah, he's a grisly sort, McCreary. It took me back to that time I was in Jamaica and I asked uh, none other than West Indian fast bowler Curtly Ambrose to sign a bottle of Appleton, a hip flask of Appleton rum. Right. Wow. Because I thought that would just be a nice yeah. thing to kind of have. Awesome. Yeah, but he said no. Wow. Oh, because because yeah. it was alcohol or what? Maybe, maybe, maybe he's not a big drinker. My best signing was also cricket related. It was mm. um, got blazed at the SCG one time with my mate Duncan <laughs> and um, mm. outside in the park and uh, watched the mm. one day. And um, uh, I accidentally, accidentally, I kind of, we went up to get some autographs. We were like mid 20s, so it was just a laugh. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah. I, I knocked Duncan's um, elbow and he poured his entire schooner <laughs> over Shane Watson's calf. <laughs> and Watto, I hated Watto ever since because he turned around. He just was absolutely filthy, as you would be, I guess. And I'm just cracking up because I can't control my emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Duncan's kind of b- babbling an apology, and then he points to security, goes, "Get these two out!" And then there's obviously a big crowd around, so we kind of duck down yeah. to waist level and. Weasel out of there, but um, weasel out with yourself between you. Anyway, later on, I did get the signature of Dizzy Gillespie on my uh, shirt breast. So there you go, mm. it. love it. There we go, excellent. All right, so plot twist. I'm going to go with, and uh, look, I didn't predict this one at the start of the season, mm. but the uh, Collingwood's new rock duo, which I'm calling Cameron Brown. <laughs> and um what's wrong with Darcy um oh hang on Cameron Brown yeah what's it you're, you're going with the Cameron two Brown. surnames it could have been Darcy Tyler it could have been Tyler Darcy Darcy Tyler oh, yeah. maybe we could do a vote on that one but I mean it worked it, bizarrely it worked I'm all for it again I'd say bring it out again I think Tyler Brown has Stamped his passport for another twelve mm. months with that effort. Well, let's be honest. I, I thought it was a re- I thought it was a great. Effort. I thought it, I thought he played a really good game. All things considered, we don't like ending careers on Pie Hard because we're not, not that kind no, of podcast. We're not in that. We're not in that. Have, business, having so, said no, that, <laughs> Callum Brown. I'm sorry, mate. But Tyler, Tyler, there's just something about being that height and that he's got just a look about him, like the sinews and the length of his limbs, and like it, it looks like he should make it. And this, and as you said, this performance. With a tick in the right column. Tick in the right box. Loved it. All right. Well, that's enough of the review. Uh, don't forget, if you're just joining us, Pie Hard is a podcast that connects the world of Collingwood and culture, bringing you the hidden story, strange beauty, and offbeat culture of the pies and beyond. We've got a hard yes. And I think you're going to lead off with that one, are you, Alex? Yeah. Well, there was some news during the week uh, about an ex pie who's looking for a career after football. Now, as we know, on Pie Hard, usually that entails um, opening an Italian restaurant with grotesque portion sizes or a experimental clothing line pop-up store um, no, on Chapel Street. Sad. Sad. Yep. S, that's the acronym, Sad. Look it up, you will find it. Or, or Dis and, dis and Dat, a uh, $2 shop in Q. Yep, you could do that. Remember, d- remember Didac had that one? No, dis and Dat. Didn't know that. There you go. There's a third <laughs> option. 
Yeah. But as we also know, Pahad, there's a fourth option. And this one's mm. if you're if you're money hungry, um, mm. you're gonna have a go at this one. But the intriguing thing about this one is I'm not sure that this individual, this ex magpie, ha- necessarily has the talent, at least from my perspective, to pull it off. We, of course, talking about Flynn Appleby having a go at the NFL in a punter role. Now, what do you know about this um, demo? Because i got to say at the outset, if I was picking a sport for Flynn to move into, dare I say it might be golf, golf. obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, actually, his cousin, Stuart, I've, I've thought it's like uncle-nephew relationship. It's actually cousin. So there's obviously it's, it's a big age gap somewhere in that fa- extended family, mm. some, some weird stuff going on. But Flynn Appleby, I'd say a remarkably unremarkable Collingwood player, unfortunately. Um, Buckley seemed to like him. I can't remember mm. anything of him on the field except for him being totally overwhelmed and overawed and like making some horrible mistakes. Um, Against GWS, was it? There was something wasn't there. But one of those games. I don't mean to be like too harsh, Flynn, if you're out there. I do. We do wish you all the best in the NFL, but what are his chances, Demo? Well, I've never seen him kick a ball a long way. <laughs> but that, so that's the big, that's the elephant in the room. Did that's, you have that's a big the question mark. That's a question mark. But what I will say is he does have that sort of collegiate face. Mm. <laughs> so he does he does look like he would effortlessly slink into it's, I think I believe it's Rutgers University in New Jersey. Okay. And um sort of has that high cheek. He's, he's a he's good looking, high cheekbone, like would have frat, lots of connections. Frat boy. Frat, frat boy. Would have lots of connections in the US through his uncle. Is that his uncle or his cousin? Uncle. No, no, cousin, cousin. That's uncle. what I just said. Cousin. Yes. Cousin, so, you know, the, the, the wheels have been greased. Um, mm. And, you know, I mean, I guess all you have to do is what? You don't have to kick it that far. You just have to kick it high. So, look, I'm all for it. But if he thinks, you know, I wish him all the best, but if he thinks he's going to unsurp the greatest mm. Colling- Collingwood punter of all time, Severio Rocker, uh, who played 257 AFL games and kicked 748 goals, then switched to American football, played seven seasons, was the oldest NFL punter in history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see how. Yeah, we'll see how. Damn my wallet on it, Sav. I've mm. got a little morsel here. Let's have a listen. How he got a tryout? He was in New York and he had sent out uh, an email with a link showing some video of uh, him punting the football and didn't get too many bites. And somehow his agent contacted the Eagles and the Eagles said, "If you can get down here tomorrow, we'll give you a look." And he drove down from New York. Got a look, did a nice job, and now he's punting in the first preseason game. Eagles once again with some problems on special team. Saw Bartsville late getting out there. Roca. Another beautiful punt. This one drives Figures back to the 30. Figures. And he goes down at the 49-yard line. A 65-yard punt, selling covering. Somebody tried to go out this uh, Roka. Wow. And a flag on the play. 
Somebody went out the rope there, man. The first punt was 56 yards. This punt was 65 yards as he gets drilled. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I got a lot of respect for Michael Gasperson because this you don't do this to a kicker. He's not even involved in the play. And that's a cheap shot. It was unnecessary. And yeah. I'll tell you what. If I was out there playing, that's exactly what I would have did, man. That's that's totally unnecessary. You don't take shots on kickers. Antoine Barnes taking the shot on Roca. Welcome to the National Football League. A little different from Aussie football. <laughs> Who was defenseless? This is garbage. That's garbage. So what happens now? If, if I'm out there playing for the Eagles, I'm finding their kicker the next time we're out there on the field, and I'm going to take a shot at him and see how they like that. All right, Tamer, we're a non-visual yeah. podcast, so mm, I encourage mm. the audience to look up. Um, mm. It's actually called Kicker Cheap Shot on um, mm. YouTube. But what did we just see there? Well, someone took down Squid King. Sorry. It was, it was uh, I don't know. Is it, I, don't think, I don't think it was his first punt, but it was, it was Sav Roker. It was Sav very Roker. early in his career. Uh, yeah, Roker. They're, they're talking, about, talking about Sav's journey, about how he, he would have heard that the email went down there. Sav gets the ball. He punts at 65. It's really good. And then off the play, a dude sweeps in and completely <laughs> blindsides him with like a, a Bone yeah. and tackle, and the, the, his helmet. Enough, the first, enough force to knock the helmet. The off. first thing that, in the first thing that happens on impact is mm. Roker's helmet just goes <laughs> flying, and it just looks, it's brutal. Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy, and I love the I love the commentator. Yeah, you know, I just love I love some some American sports commentators who just like see things, and they're just like, you know, there's no there's no airs and graces or anything. They're just like, you don't do that. And if I was on that other team, I'd be, you know, yeah, that was that that's was not yeah. necessarily the way to deal with threatening it. threatening violence, threatening kick, redemption of their, violence to kill that. their punter. Yeah. is not mm. you know, it's not the way to go. He's just I don't said know, how it's a cheap shot. Uh, I don't know a lot about NFL, but you, uh, you can't do that, right? You can't well, the just punter. Clock, clock a dude 30 yards off the get, off the ball, 30 yards. The punter just comes on to perform a really specific rudimentary role. They're, they're just a yeah. very small device you know, in role. the big machine. Mm. And they mm. just kick it. And, like, they're irrelevant to the game apart from that. Although I, I saw another clip that Roker tackling a bloke, so maybe they do get involved. But, um, great career. So our, our, our hard yes is bone rattling hits on Severio Roker or <laughs> Flynn, on, Flynn on the punt. Well, now I feel bad because I kind I of love, did a I takedown love. on Flynn, but we'd, if no. he does have a good kick, we didn't see it because he didn't get any kicks, but if he does have a good kick, we're wishing him all the best at Rutger mm. Um, mm. because you can earn some coin over there. I was looking on um, the interwebs here and it says that Roker – Oldest ever rookie in the NFL signed two year, two point two four million contract in twenty thirteen, uh, including three hundred twenty five thousand signing bonus, which is basically the AFL average for a wage. Mm. Three hundred twenty five thousand guaranteed annual average salary of one point one two. It's like they've got like a figure, but then there's all these add ons. Average annual salary of one point one two million, and he played at the Philadelphia Eagles. Between 2007 to 10, and then Washington Redskins 11 to 13. So that's six years. Uh, I think it was, I think it was seven all up. But this is on top. So this is on top of like a really, you know, a really positive, a really um, long mm-hmm. and storied AFL career, Massive. of which you'd make enough money not to work, you know, with some smart investments 
maybe not Mark's place, but you'd never have to work again after that 257-game career, certainly playing for Collingwood. Yeah. And then to go on and play seven seasons in the NFL where he would have made more money in one season than he would have in five. Well, what, one million a year in the AFL is still big now. Mm. And back then, you know, I mean, it was – I don't know whether there was many – there's only a handful of players in the middle of the year. It was like Judd and a couple of others. But, mm. yeah, he did well. And, um, and also his AFL career was – I've read. We could do a whole pot on that. Uh, underrated. Sorry, oh, sorry, Pies. Underrated. 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 Massively underrated. underrated. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Speaking of signatures, I got his signature in the um, the Maya basement when it was like a sports level yeah, in about 95. Yeah, yeah. Maya sport. And, uh, Maya sport. Yeah. yeah, that was great. That was great to send him that. Um, you know, you can just go down there for 45 minutes, just get, yeah. get stuck in all the you cricket. Go in one way, out the other way, so like, you don't have to loop yeah. back. But Roker, no. Anthony Roker. Was like a running track? It was a running track. There, yeah, I used to buy shoes, sneakers down there. But um, yeah, yeah. he was close to my favorite player uh, growing up. I mean, it's between him and Dacos in a lot of ways in those in those uh, that nineties. I mean, he's just a mess. His accuracy. Uh, look, we could talk about it all day, but good career, Flynn. We could get even further off the Maya Sport running track. Yeah. Um, but we won't. Let's let yeah, Flynn what, just what, what, watch what, out. What, watch what out. Your, what's your final message to Flynn? Watch Flynn out, watch is when you. When you after you've kicked it, watch your back mm. because mm. you know you don't want to get taken down. These guys are big. It was the longest hard yes ever. All right, let's let's get, let's do a quick hard. All right, what do you got? Now I don't know if you've noticed this or picked up on this, but we know from chatting to the club that there is a deliberate shift. So we play Carlton, mm. right? Our, our biggest foe, hundreds of years of rivalry, um, hundreds of years of tense you know, interplay between fans, between suburbs. And you can still feel still palpable in the air whenever Collingwood plays Carlton. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking to the club, we know that there's a softer side of Collingwood at the moment. And anyone who's been, you know, on the socials, checking out Collingwood social clubs will know that there's very little in the way of amping up that rivalry. And there's a reason. And we know there's a reason. The reason What's the is, reason? And the reason is that Collingwood has a new softer side mm. and they have a strategic line which runs through the club, which is made by many. And so from chatting to insiders at the club, we know that it's quite, it's the opposite of this made by many supporting uh, football, netball, wheelchair football, all of these different codes to go out there and run, you know, quite a um, quite a provocative campaign. Mm-hmm. The consensus is from the club that they've moved past that a little bit and also they're not prepared for the uh, recrimination that comes with any type of right. fiery or incendiary tweet, um, which we don't bemoan or begrudge the club. But it's an interesting, it's an interesting take on a brand and a club deliberately moving away from tradition and history that predates the people that are at the club that goes back hundreds a hundred over a hundred years mm. and that in many ways when done correctly is it, it should be fun i agree and yeah. tongue-in-cheek you know no no one no one dies this is not war this is not you know this is not some this is not going to cost someone their job or their livelihood or their you know or their place on earth so i'm trying to i'm trying to reckon with this kind of new age collingwood but also just 
you know, enjoying city yeah. for what it is. And it's all good. It's, this, there's a flow on to, to our next segment here, but this to me kind of sums up the malaise that is AFL football at the moment. And it's, we're just sort of edging away mm. from those, those feelings, those little things that you have that isn't the football, it kind of surrounds the football that you think about, that you talk about with your mates, that you laugh with. And this is happening on the other side of the fence. This isn't a Collingwood thing. It's also happening, you know, if you're a Carlton supporter. And in many ways, I think it's kind of a, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, we're holding a mirror up to to the ills of, of the AFL at the moment. We funded a billboard in a back street somewhere in Coburg. Times Square. Times Square. Yeah, there was a few. There was there was an international campaign, but the one I loved said, we hate you too. And there's something in that. You came up with that copy and there's just a, it crystallises something. The adversarial nature of suburban football and the ability for supporters to go to the outer and vent, have a couple of cans and vent. We understand there's limits on that now. You can't, and you, you can't overstep those. We've seen that ever since you know, the Nicky Winmar incident. But the reality is there should, there's still a place for emotional expression at the footy. and Reaction. Yeah, and I think to tap into that, the supporter experience bring, would bring clubs closer to the lived experience of what being a football supporter means, whereas I agree they sanitise, they move away. There's more commerciality that is coming to the, the game and it's Im- impacted on, you know, the voice they're able to use on socials. I think lean into the hatred. I couldn't agree more. It's a good one. But it kind of runs contrary to the whole approach of, of you know, social media departments and football department, departments these days, which is all about entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about engagement. It's all about clicks and likes and um, view through rates and fan engagement. Mm-hmm. I, I would have thought that that is the, the tinder or the kindling to fire up Social channels done respectfully and in the right mm. way, of course. But lean into it to to at least recognize recognize it to to recognize it and kind of you know in a playful and it can way, be tongue in cheek, of, you know, as you're saying, it can be done. Imagine imagine starting like imagine starting a little tip for tat with the Carlton social team, you know, early on in the week. Yeah, and it's kind of like you know, remember this, remember that. That interplay you could have that all week, mm. like like like. The banners do. The banners are great on 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 game day, and I'd expect a banner that calls out Carlton. I could be wrong. I might just say made my video. Mm. But to have that sort of interplay that you occasionally see on the banners between the teams, mm. where it's gentle, yes, yeah, I think you could really be fun. That the death of hatred in football has come about in part because of the profess- the professionalization of the sport, and I note that coaching and performance has gone in a direction for decades now where the players are told to like, replicate performances, uh, treat every week the same in order to like not get too far ahead of themselves um, and, and to basically become, you know, robotic auto- automatons on the field so that you get more out of them. Mm. But obviously in, de- in the days of yore, there were incredible emotions flying because you had neighbourhoods next to each other who genuinely had these genuine rivalries, which would spill over, mm-hmm. um, you know, fans would have a skin for and, and as I said earlier, that vent and, you know, the, the, I mean, I think Vic Park was only one place which could be a fairly violent, intimidating place, right? 
But did we go too professional in our coaching? And did we? You hear players for a long time now say, "Well, look, the rivalry isn't really what we think about because actually there's there's more of a, a fraternity with with current players more so than a, the mm-hmm. hatred." Yeah, I think, I think there's all of that. I think um, I think coaches, you know, aren't you know, there's no like. Um, what do you call it? The, the coaches aren't 300 game players of the clubs. They're professionals from other clubs. Craig McRae played majority of his career at Brisbane. He's coached Richmond. He's, you know, th- there's not, there's not that carryover, right? There's not that legacy where it, it makes sense to talk through younger players and more professional that come from interstate. They don't even know about that rivalry. Younger fans. And we have a lot of young fans on Piehard um, and, you know they don't they didn't grow up necessarily with that that fervor like being mm-hmm. either suburb to suburb or or the you know the 90s where maybe Collingwood wasn't at Victoria Park anymore but you could still feel and that was still celebrated Eddie Maguire when he was president would would ham it up I remember Gary Pert as general manager or whatever he was at the club for a time would the club would actually leak sort of like defamatory statements mm. about the other club mm. to the media in the lead up just to kind of genuinely incite that kind of old school furor. Like that doesn't happen anymore. And maybe there, there is an element where that's where that stepped away. But again, this is theatre. Like we need to stop. Like it's not serious. It's not real. Mm. So why wouldn't you like, I just, I just don't understand. Surely that's something that you talk mm. about. And if it's like, if internally the Brody Grundys and the Darcy Moores and the John Nobles are like, we could not give a fuck we don't care mm. so be it so be it but you know i mean we see we see all, all, all different elements of, of the club leaning into into different different guises and it's all seemingly positive and maybe that's just maybe that's just the way of the world mm, maybe it is Damo, so this just in piece of breaking news from Pyland. We have the unexpected announcement here that uh, Jared Ruffhead, Jared Ruffhead, <laughs> Jordan Ruffhead, um, cousin of Jared, has announced his retirement. So with this is news to us, obviously, it's just coming in through the interwebs. Uh, let's have a listen to what Jordan has to say. G'day, everyone. Um, you guys all know that I love a bit of me time, so I'm going to take five or so minutes here. Um, so basically, um, coming into this season, I knew that it was likely to be my last. Um, I've had some ongoing shoulder issues for, for the last few years um, that unfortunately haven't been getting any better. Um, and s- advice from surgeons and specialists um, and, and our medical team as well over the last sort of six weeks of their advice has been that I should retire from all levels of football um, to avoid the need for a, a, an immediate term shoulder replacement. Um, and I've taken that advice and um, that's why I'm up here today is to, to announce my retirement from, from football. Um, I won't speak for too long because I know that someone will put together a pretty good highlights package of me. <laughs> um, and I'm conscious you might want to watch it twice, so we'll make sure it's heaps of time for that. If, you, if, if anyone's been paying attention, don't know if anyone has, but if you have been paying attention to Wadey's medical reports, I'm the first player to actually officially retire from a finger injury. Um, so that's, thanks Wadey. I don't know where you are, but the last sort of month or so, I've been spending some time thinking about when this was likely to happen and, and sort of wrapping my head around it. And 
I remembered reading Andre Agassi's book, which I actually gave to Chuggy recently, and he didn't know who Andre Agassi was, so that's a good start. But there are a few things in it that resonated with me, um, particularly when he talked about the end of his career and, and his decision to retire. And he talked about the fact that nobody actually wants to retire. And that's a little bit how I feel up here today, is that the last few weeks, sitting outside the, the boundary line, I've thought about you guys before the game when you, you stand at the bottom of the race as a group, preparing to run out on the ground and just not knowing what is going to happen. And I used to hate that feeling when I was, when I was in it, but now I've realized how much I loved it and I'm actually going to miss it. And even the, the thought of running down into the, the defensive goal square and who knows, I might stop my opponent from getting a kick. I might get 10 kicked on me. We've, we've seen both sides of that. But, but that feeling is something that I'm already starting to miss. So this is not a decision I'm making because I want to. It's a decision that I'm making because I need to for my long-term health um, and for the benefit of my family as well. I was going to take a leaf out of Brendan Bolton's book and get you to have a chat with the person next year to tell me. <laughs> just, to, just to tell me what you guys loved about footy, I won't do that to you. I'll just tell you what I loved about footy um, over my journey and that's that um, it gave me the ability to contribute to something that was greater than, than just me and what I was ever going to be able to accomplish, which is pretty lucky because I've never been the fittest bloke, never been the strongest bloke, quickest, the best kick, anything like that. But um, I found a way to, to squeeze all the juice out of my lemon and I actually squeezed it so hard that my shoulder up. So there's a lesson in that. Don't squeeze your lemon too hard. <laughs> squeeze the juice out of it, leave it alone. So I'm going to finish on an incredibly happy note. Um, they say one door closes and another opens. I'm going to be a rookie again. Um, I've got a hell of a lot to learn. Um, but my career as a dad is about to start. Um, so yeah, that's something that I get to finish here and wrap this up and then we go off for a 20-week baby scan. So it's, um, it's happy days ahead. But thank you so much for all your support. Um, really appreciate it and um, go Pies. Can you come with you on now I'm not 100% sure if he knew that they were still recording at the end there with the hugs. Mm, so, hot mic. Hot it, mic situation. It was some intimate. It reminds me of when um, Leslie Nielsen wore the microphone into the urinal in <laughs> Naked <laughs> Gun. <laughs> Naked Gun. Who was Squid? He called someone Squid. Yeah, I heard that. I didn't, that was, didn't that catch it. We're going to have to watch that again because we've been, I think, we've been um, laying down Squid King. But if there's a yeah. squid in the club, well, yeah. changes I th things. I think... I think he said, um, I'm about to join the dark side to steel side bottom, I think in reference to having a child. Um, interesting, oh, interesting take Interesting side. take on that one. There were some cut cutaways to um, Steely faces uh, watching on Pardon the Pun. It was the first time I'd seen Steel not smiling. Um, right. People were very reverent, in, as you'd expect in a retirement speech, but disarmingly self-deprecating, wasn't it? Mm, mm, mm. Um, first recollections, first recollections of Jordan Roughhead at Collingwood. I've always seen him as a cerebral pie, 
And I think mm. there's a clue in that as to, you know, his retirement. I think that you've always got to watch out for the cerebral ones because they do have a life after football. Uh, I think he's a thinker. I believe he came to the club from the Bulldogs and he kind of referred to it there that he was disenchanted with the game. I think that's interesting. Um, mm. And he he won a flag as the as the sole ruckman, I think, on the ground along with that's right. maybe Tom Boyd was pinch hitting as well. But impressive um, career at the Bulldogs. But, yeah, he was better at the pies than I expected as a key defender. He took the griller every week, mm. formed a very strong bond with Darcy Moore who was seen in that video sitting with alongside his wife or partner. And um, yeah, I'm not surprised to be honest. Last time he, last time we saw him on the park, he was pretty underwhelming, and he broke his finger, which has got to piss you off. Mm, filled a, filled a massive need because he arrived in 2019, and it was off the back of that grand final heartbreak where we were just mm. way way too short and exposed in the back line. So it really felt like him, along with Dane Beams, was maybe the Darren Jolly Luke Ball. 2010 to 2018 scenario, just the two players that we needed to kind of push us that extra sort of distance over the edge didn't happen, didn't yeah. come to fruition. So who but does Roughhead take in the 2018 granny? Is it, is it, you can oh, obviously one of the, take one of those, Kennedy or Darling. You could almost, one of those big ones. Almost do a role on take it McGovern, pick. who's the one who really got cut us to shreds there at the end. But um, but I, I think I think who's really going to miss um, Jordan Roughhead is the trilogy, the three, the the Brody Grundy, the Darcy Moore, and the Jordan Roughhead, because they were really. You know, I mean, you speak about cerebral pies, but they were really mm. cut from a different cloth, weren't they? And and literally and figuratively, like in that announcement. Um, Jordan Roughhead is wearing a Kuji sweater. Now, a Kuji sweater, <laughs> yeah, for anyone yeah. who's listening that doesn't know what a Kuji sweater is, yeah. it's a brand that started in Australia in the 80s, has a very sort of knitted sort of cable um, knitty Masoni cable knitted um, mm. look, uh, made famous by Biggie Smalls, uh, the notorious B.I.G. who wore one with distinction. Yeah, it's got a um, merino wool, doesn't it? It's- has a, has really big, strong hip hop connotations in New York uh, oh, East it? Coast hip hop culture. So you know, you can tell from that he's not wearing the you know the Nike hoodie or the mm. um, Monster Energy top. He's like really going deep into that sort of op shop uh, trend, which says a lot about the player. And I think all football clubs need those types. So yeah. less likely yeah. to go to Vegas to kind of unwind after his playing days, more likely to get a log cabin Airbnb with his partner and, you know, a nice <laughs> drink, steaming drink natty wine, Nescafe. Natty wine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, look, we'll, we'll miss him. I think that's the first time on Pie Hard we've ever played an absolute, uh, like a full or a relatively full length um, yeah. uh, speech. So, yeah, doesn't help oh. our it doesn't help our defensive stocks this year. But um, clearly, when you know, you know. As our guest last week, Jimmy Clement said, was a famous idiom of Mick Malthouse. When you start thinking or talking about yeah. retirement, that's it. Get yeah. out. You're done. And the other thing, Damo, is I believe it's opened up an extra spot in the mid-season draft, and the mid-season ah, draft right. has has bore fruit for us in the past with um, young Salt Noble. So. Mm. There are now two selections because Kruger's on the long-term injury list, list as well that we're going to go into in a week or two to be able to recruit some um, some really strange-shaped uh, suburban footballers. <laughs> I didn't think of that when you said it, but he, one of one of the points in his farewell speech was he'd had a lot of conversations with Wrighty just recently as of this week, which mm. helped him make a decision. And I think oh, I wonder if Wrighty just had the... Yeah. The calendar behind him with the mid-season draft yeah. cut off 
um, date just just circled yeah. in, uh, highlighted in fluorescent yellow, and just was like, "Look, look, I'm not going to make, uh, we're not, not going to force you into into any decision, but if you, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you were to if you were to do it this week, it, yeah, yeah, it might so, work well for the." He used the words transparency in respect to writing. And just imagine Graham Wright's transparency would be, look, mate, we want to replace you with someone younger next week. <laughs> yeah, we love that about Graham Wright, but you need a Graham Wright as well in a football club. But, oh, look, what a great career. Um, sounds like he, he would be a great guest on Pie Heart, I think. Mm, um, mm, maybe we'll- Jordan Roughhead, he would lean in. He would kind of drop the drop the media media barrier and we could we could go to some fun spots with him so we'll, we'll see we'll reach out to his connections and um see if we can get him on yeah reach out to his sponsor Kooji. all right let's move it right along let's finish on another sort of uh dark topic mm. um and breaking news this week afl crowds slumped to the lowest levels in 26 years including COVID seasons so mm. forgetting the last two COVID effective affected seasons afl crowds are down 16 percent now mm. Um, there's a multitude of reasons we're going to, we're going to cover off. We did throw out a hard ask to the pie hard harders out there in the community to kind of give their two cents, as well as some, um, proactive suggestions, thoughts, ideas on how to lull crowds back, how to get crowds back. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it before we dive into that. I wanted to, um, I wanted to throw it over to you, Mm -hmm. Alex, to get your take on why you think the crowds are down and what you can do to arrest the decline? Look, to me, the first half of that question is the less interesting one. I mean, what, mm. what percentage did you say it was down? 16%. Yeah, okay. So what we don't like to talk about in Australia is that we are COVID riddled mm. um, on an international scale. We are being ravaged by that disease. And whether you think it's an existential, existential threat to you and your family or not, or whether you want to politicise it or not. The reality is there's a lot of COVID around, and I would suggest that around 15% of people would be worried about that. So it makes sense to me that like 15% of attendees at any given match might think twice about going, and I think that that's a legitimate reason for people to be worried. So, look, I, I, I personally I don't like look far beyond that. I think that we're recovering from COVID. People got used to sitting on the couch in the warmth with the Canara going in there coogee sweaters and you know that kind of comfort level the slow cooked lamb shoulder the whole package mm. of being at home shank. with the shank you know with the tempranillo it's it's difficult the dog at your feet so i am not surprised people haven't bounced back into their old routines second half of the question demo i think um well there's a there's a raft of measures that could be brought in but i've, I've got two quick ones mm. bear with me my first mm. one is simple um i think that people in, in the same in the same kind of trend as the stimulus packages that we saw enacted during COVID, I think people going to the footy need stimulus. And I'm just going to put it out there. Like the, the AFL spends a lot of money on media rights. I'm talking billions. Mm. Why couldn't they invest in a pie each, a free pie mm. per seat? Mm. Free pie per seat. If you go to the footy, you get a free pie. And I reckon that, that 15%, 16% is not going. They might just jump at that. Yeah, You never know. Yeah. I, I love it. A, p- a pie stimulus package, I think, is a, is a genius idea. The pie stimulus. My second idea, Damo, I often have dreams, I'm not sure if I've told you this before, recurring dreams every few months where I am thrust onto the field to play for Collingwood. Mm. And in those dreams, I'm always a popular player. Without, Exciting. But without the ability. 
So yeah. the team wants me to do well. You're a cult. You're a cult player. Not yeah. big on skills, but you you bring the um you know bring bring the fans to well, their to their. To I their wouldn't have said cult. Legs. But I'll go with that. I'll I'll take that. Mm. And interestingly, my dreams update according to the coach at the time. So it used to be Malthouse coaching me, and I really, really wanted to impress Malthouse. Then it was Buckley. I really wanted to impress Buckley. Hasn't updated yet to fly. I'll <laughs> let you know when that happens. But in that vein, I was thinking, what could really, what could really draw a crowd? Well, the Colosseum. I mean, the literal Colosseum in ancient Rome. Mm. We've seen Gladiator. Mm. That could draw a crowd. Why? Blood sport. So here's my idea. Oh, love it. Each team has to enact the supporter sub, the blood sport sub, once every game. For one full quarter, a supporter chosen at <laughs> random from the stadium <laughs> has to take the field for their team. Thrust, <laughs> thrust into the guts. Um, yeah, great. They can't be hidden great. on the bench. they got 30 minutes on the ground and <laughs> the stadium gets to watch on to see what kind of carnage is going to take place. <laughs> what do you think? I love I love it. I love it for two reasons. And it just reminds me, I was at the football the other day and at halftime they they did sort of like the Latrobe financial kick for cash type thing. Mm-hmm. So they they bring a dude out and um, he has a shot from 30 metres and this guy like kicked it about eight metres. It was, it was horrible. And But the the crowd, like it was, it was, people it was love entertaining to watch. Yeah, people love that shit. And I think it goes two ways. I think it would be, you know, there would be calamity. There would be joy in the calamity on mm. the field. But also to get, like imagine getting an unruly fan mm. who would like snipe out a captain, like would like take out a captain with like a jaw breaking, you yeah. know, and just how it would quickly turn from like a joyous sort of like yeah. funny la- lampooning thing to like one of the darkest chapters of AFL history. Or the other way around is an elderly fan. That's <laughs> because you can't, because you can't control. By yeah. Because <laughs> we know the AFL and clubs love ultimate control. Um, of of message and and of scenario, so just having that sort of um, yeah, having that left field anomaly thrown into the mix, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's like pinball, like like um like uh, ten pin bowling strike. Yeah. I had a left field idea, and it takes me back to country footy. It takes me back to the VFL, uh-huh. and I am just a huge fan of a hill. Or a mound. Mm, you mentioned that. Yeah, the hill at Alexandra. So it's the first, when I go to a suburban ground, when I go to a country ground, when I go to the VFL, it's mm. like, it's the first place I go to, provided it's not sopping wet and raining. And it's get a pie, get a beer, and then find a comfy spot on the hill, settle in, throw out a picnic rub, mm-hmm. rug, relax. Mm-hmm. SCG Beautiful. used to have one. V, uh, Vic Park. Adelaide fam- Famous hill. Adelaide Park still has one. So, we reach out to a gardening supply company, mm-hmm. we get a cup like in the at the end of Die Hard 2, I think, when they're getting the gold out, or is it, no, it's the other Die Hard with a Vengeance, where they're, you know, they're Free, trucking yeah. the gold out uh, yeah, of the yeah. underground. Jeremy so Irons. just like reverse that, not gold, but dirt, ship the dirt into the MCG, mm-hmm. Bay 13, cover it in topsoil, yep. lay down some um, HG turf, buffalo, mm. uh, instant turf, and then just bring a hill back until the AFL fixes its shit, reverses some of the horrible umpiring decisions, and crowds, COVID's gone, and crowds start returning. Yeah, the other thing is you can fit more That's people myself. in standing room. I think it's a brilliant idea. There's just something about having the grass between your toes, so to speak, 
um, being able to sidle up to your mates, um, it's it's obviously going to create a raucous atmosphere, which is mm. perhaps what's missing. And I agree with Bay 13 would be the natural choice. Um, bring the hill back to the G. Yeah, love it. Bring the hill back. All right, so there are our suggestions, but we mm. did ask, we did ask what can clubs in the AFL do to woo fans back to the footy on our popular hard ask segments where we ask our pie hard listeners to to come up with some suggestions of their own. We make a note of all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, we get our secretary to type them out. They are then faxed through to the club. So if you think that your voice isn't being heard, think again because this will end up on the uh, on the desk of, um, the Grubby, of Gu- the Gubby, Gubby Allen or Alan McAllister mm-hmm. um, anytime. So Killer5 said, rules and interpretations are the, to- are the talking point weekly. The match review panel panel is farcical. Fans are disillusioned with the state of the game. If the AFL really want to listen to the fans, then they will do something about it. Whilst they do nothing, numbers will decline. Gullible Aussies 31%. Serious, Gullible Aussies 31% said, stop fecking around with the rules. Jeez, make, again, wow. Make umpires invisible. Let kids have a kick on the oval 30 minutes post the game. Mm. That is a awesome suggestion. Awesome suggestion. Bring back kick to kick at the end of a game. How dangerous it, was that? It's it was oh, absolutely it's like it was like going into the, the, the desert, you know, in a, outside Fallujah about uh, oh. 10 or 15. It's just like missiles. Artillery up. You always remember one too. I remember copping one flush on the face and I also in a really in a in a moment that I've never really forgotten, I do remember poleaxing a kid. Like oh, completely, really? yeah. <laughs> completely accidental. We were both running for um, a similar ball, and just the you know, just putting your hands up, you know, just that, yeah. you know that that gut wrenching um, feeling and of you always, taking a kid. There was always that temptation to launch one for the goals, but you had to risk losing the ball. Yeah, you'd never get that ball back, so you, you <laughs> could you couldn't do that. You, you couldn't really do a, it. You had to find a quiet spot on a wing and just do a little 20, 20 meter to twenty minute yeah. chip. And do you remember? I, I remember as a kid grabbing some turf and thinking that was really cool. Do you remember that? <laughs> Put it in your pocket for later. Let's go through a few more. Lee Molden said Eddie nailed it on classified. I'm assuming he's talking about Eddie Maguire mm. and footy classified. I'm assuming, of course, this is yeah. not a show called classified. Night games need to start earlier unless interstate. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm into that. I'm an early, I'm an, I'm an early guy. So early, early to bed, early to bed yeah, guy. Like that. Damien Fasciani said, "Hit the re- rewind button on the last seven years of rule changes." Cable Brandon said, "Bring back the physicality." Yeah, like bring back the bump, perhaps the head. Pete. I think that the main issue is that the, the league's worried about being sued for brain injuries. Yeah, um, PB said first thing is force the ground announcers and scoreboards to STFU. I think I know what that means, and give people some quiet time. That's a great suggestion. A Shut little bit the of fuck up. Is that what? A little bit of I think so. A little bit of mindfulness at the football. Just a little bit of chill time. Yeah, I we always presume we have to follow the Americans with their mm, you know dazzling. bombastic, mm. bombastic, loud, thunderous mm. Mm. soundtracks. No, just just crickets. You know, you know that. What's that app that you put on when you need to go to sleep? Yeah, you know, it's the sound of um, it's the sound of like yeah. rain and rain and, and waves and ocean. Mm. Let's try that. Um, Glenn Peters, uh, friend of the pod, said, "Make it easy to buy tickets or just turn up." It's as simple as that. That's true, isn't it? Remember, the, remember the good old days where you got a membership card, mm. and it was like a it was like an old school tram met card, mm. and they there'd be like whatever twenty two games around the 
edge and they'd clip it. Like a hole punch, yeah. Yeah, hole punch it. And you could just walk in and get... And I think that's I think that's a great suggestion because there are moments where you're not really sure on the weather. You're playing a Sunday game. It's like there's a bit of rain. Turns out you get shit done on the Saturday. You do the gardening. You do the lawns. You do the grocery shopping. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You pretty much go from lethargic 50-50 to like 90 for 5% I'm keen. Uh-huh. But... Alas, you haven't booked, you haven't planned, you haven't thought it through. So we love that spontaneity. We love that, um, you know, turn on a dime type approach to football. Um, yeah. And Glenn Peters goes on to say they need to admit that getting rid of plastic membership cards, which you were just talking about, and going full online at pre-sales has been an absolute unmitigated disaster. People complaining about umpiring descent are distracting us from the real balls up. Yeah, I think so. cards are the lanyard in particular make people feel official and safe. Mm. You're on the way to the mm. ground, you're like, you always kind of subconsciously grab at your lanyard and you're like, okay, good, mm. I've got mm. the ticket on the ticket. Without the lanyard, you know, it's like you're being cast adrift. We always feel like a VIP with a lanyard, don't you? You yeah, always VIP. feel like you're yeah. in, entering a special um, a special spot. Look, I agree. The amount of the, the amount of hours I've had to spend with my father trying to explain the shift away from plastic physical physical card to digital only at the end when we're both at breaking point to just call up um, the membership office and, and plead for a physical card and have one sent. Okay, yeah. Countless hours, countless hours. Uh, three Orange Whips 71 said, put lions in pits down the wings like in Gladiator to encourage uh-huh. players to take on the corridor. Love it. That's similar to the blood sport. I like Leans it. into your blood sport. But I think that's a great idea. Like actual... Actual lions or tigers would be a brilliant suggestion. I think there is a bit of corridor play happening in the game. Mm. Slingshot kind of football sort of thing. Um, but yeah, look, the more African um, predators we can get on the field, the better. Now, Ben Josky, another friend of the pod, he had a really, he had a different take on this one, and I really like it. Uh, big drawing teams such as West Coast and Richmond have had their time and handed over to Brisbane and Melbourne with less pulling power. The AFL has manufactured an environment where draft and salary cap, with a draft and salary cap, where each team can have their time in the sun. Fans know where they are on at that cycle and support accordingly. Now, the rusted on supporters will attend most weeks regardless, but it's the casual supporters who jump on when it's their time mm. that tend to make up the difference. Yeah, well, I think that's a legitimate phenomenon. I mean, essentially, he's blaming Melbourne. Which I like. <laughs> yeah, we love that. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, Melbourne's flying. I mean, this yeah. could be their best team ever in the mm. history of that club, right? And how many people can they pull to a hundred? <laughs> it's like twenty thousand. Not a lot. It? Not a lot. And it's so oh, it's so no, good. It's embarrassing. It's so good. Clinton Queerly said, "Recruit players who are just as efficient on their non-preferred." Love that. Specific, but um, <laughs> could more still side bottoms. Max Hatzoglu said better quarter halftime and three quarter time entertainment. We know what you're saying, Max. No more birds of Tokyo. Let's let's go big. Let's go grand. Let's get let's get international. Let's get Billie Eilish playing yeah. quarter quarter <laughs> time round fifteen. I've got to say, at, yeah, every every at, kind at, of at Ballarat, at Ballarat, Western yeah. Bulldogs versus Gold Coast, <laughs> Billie Ballarat, Eilish. Billie Eilish. New get generation. No, no form of halftime entertainment has ever interested me ever. No, no. Sorry, just, I just yeah, want to go right. have a pie and a beer. Pie and a beer. All right, Collingwood rant, um, fellow Collingwood podcast. We love those guys. Kill some clubs. Geez, I look at the fixture every week and see seven to eight mediocre teams. So Collingwood rant is just like let's let's just get rid of a, a you know 
half a dozen Who would at the le- least performing. I think there's there's a thought there of bringing in the um you know the EPL relegation type formula. I've like always, if you're not performing, you're out. Always loved the idea, mm. but mm. the inequality in the EPL is so heinous for the mm. kind of mm. integrity mm. of that sport. I yeah. mean, if you've if you've watched Ted Lasso, you just know how much of a struggle it is for like these fledgling suburban clubs to you know come up from the championship into the Premier League and and compete with these multi billion dollar Saudi backed you know megalodons. Mm-hmm. So I don't Greg, think we can go there, but I do love the idea of seeing um, you know Coburg replace North. Yeah, <laughs> well, Frankston Dolphins. Wouldn't it be good to see Frankston Dolphins in the big league? Uh, Hamo. Free four and twenty for the rest of the season, just free, unlimited, wow. just unlimited pies. Not well, one, not one. But just, just go in and help yourself. Very similar to the pie uh, stimulus. Love it. I, lo- I love it. Three orange whips again. Is I like this is left field. If you mark outside the forward fifty, you must kick a torp for goal. Wow, that's a good one. Torpedoes. Good, I think it? torpedoes yeah. would bring some some people through the gates. Love a torp. Mm. Now, I think there's a bit of irony with this one with Ed, but we'll, I'm not sure. You can tell me. Make it more expensive to attend, more complicated to book tickets, and introduce one rule change per round to keep things interesting. Yeah, very, uh, <laughs> very sarcastic. Very uh, Bill and Henry said better umpires. Schmick 2.0, friend of the pod, said two words, T-shirt cannon. Yes, love the T-shirt. <laughs> one of my favourite moments of being a supporter in my life was catching the T-shirt from the cannon. And it's it went, so good. Just before the game, it went high, real high, and I stood up and it was kind of up there for so long that a, a group, a, mm. a bevy of small children gathered around my thighs and were kind of jostling for it. And I managed to knock a couple over and take the grab. And I was written, mm. great T-shirt too. It was Collingwood T-shirt. I'd... I'm big on that. This is a good, good suggestion. Did you know? I think in the in the states they have the baseball has a hot dog cannon. Have you ever heard of that? They just fire <laughs> up a couple of hot dogs. Yeah, they do. They have a hot dog cannon. How are you meant to catch that? Well, it's wrapped in foil. It's like a burrito. It kind of oh, just wow. comes in. So it's like you know. We, we can combine cut. these two: the t-shirt cannon with the free pie <laughs> idea. The pie cannon. Just, pie cannon. But also I love it. like just just naked the naked pie. So part of it mm. is entertainment. Everyone gets to see people try to catch the pie. But it's going to mm. splat, you know, gristle in the eyeball. All right. One more from, and we'll finish up from Loco is, I like this one, bring back the curtain razor. Like the frost crunches, like the seconds, bring the twos in. Yeah, the great frost idea. crunches. I don't mind that at all. I mean. That's a great idea. That could be a draw card. All right. Thanks, everyone, for your submissions this week on Harder. Some really great suggestions. Like we said, we are going to pass these on to the club mm-hmm. and the AFL. There's some really awesome ideas. I just checking the docket, Alex. I think we're we're almost out. It's been a big, it's mm. been a big, it's been a bigger episode than I thought. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going We've on. Got one more good moment. item here, though, mate. One more good item. Okay, sorry. One more. Sneak it in. Well, we'll, we'll it's a big game on Sunday. Some of you will be listening to this game, this uh, pod before the Carlton game. Mm. Some of you uh, afterwards. Um, that's the nature of a Friday release, but massive game. <laughs> Speaking of attendance, we are hoping for eighty thousand plus. At the G, uh, mm. Collingwood come coming off a confidence confidence inspiring win in the West. Uh, the Blues are flying, so we thought we would help. Oh, that's right! I forgot about this segment. We thought we would help the cheer squad generate some more entertainment, interest, and hatred between the clubs by drafting up some um, some banner copy for the big day. Mm. Demo, do you have any suggestions for the Collingwood banner come Sunday? 
Well, I didn't do this. I didn't. I did not. Uh, yeah, good. All right, we, we did one together. We did one together. Okay, Excellent. we did one together. We yeah. did this together. Mm-hmm. Um, these are really bad. So um, without further ado, you, your job, Damo, is as cheer squad captain replacing um, Joffa, who's been extradited somewhere. Uh, you will be choosing the winning banner. Yep. Uh, out from these four options. Carlton hopes and prays this time it's for real. Deluded like the Liberals who've gone from blue to teal. You get that? <laughs> yeah, I oh, get it. Got it. Good. Politics reference. <laughs> I didn't get Love the it. didn't get the uh, reaction. I was like, okay, so okay. It's, it's you know, it's a bit. No, so, so you know the first one. The first one. You I know, told you, you they're up. bad. All right, just let me. You're warming up. You're warming up. You're warming right, up. Warming up. Hopefully, it's going to be bad. New coach, new plan, new blues. Has Carlton caught some luck? With Voss, they'll only lose. The norm split <laughs> goes to Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Good. Better. Better. Okay, this is I was I was really scraping the barrel by now. Bully boy Crips, paid mm. for half by Vizzy. Pass the pie yeah. and chips. Guinea makes our knickers fizzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, might right, have yep. no, that's, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about that visual, but yep, good. Okay, good. It felt good when I was. Good. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Last one. You stole our stars, our coach, and others too. McGuan, Thomas, Malthouse, all down the Carlton Lou. We yep. got Jordan Russell, but his ability was scant. <laughs> Time to get revenge and kick your butterfant. <laughs> <laughs> How big are these banners? They're big. That's a lot say, of copies. Is there a word count? Is, yeah. All right. Bigger than a bigger than a tweet, but yeah, no, go. Oh, that's it. We might cut this segment. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's right. I've, I've, I've written one. I've okay. written one on the. I've written one on the fly. Oh wow! Ri- and you're gonna I've, you're gonna show me up here. I've had all night to do it, and you you're just gonna come out with some. Off I'm the on cuff. the. Right, this is off the cuff. This is off the cuff. All right. Fly. So I haven't edited this. Fly's pies are on their eighth date. Voss's blues are home alone, left to masturbate. <laughs> I don't know. That's good, you know. Right, sexual. Well, I mean, we want to bring the hate mm. back. So that well, it's in reference in reference to the coach and his dating analogies and all that stuff. I don't oh, know. We'll workshop that. Good, good. If you've got a better suggestion, let us know at Pie Hard Podcast. Alex, thanks uh, as always for joining us. It's been a great uh, pod. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone who tuned into our interview last week with Jimmy Clement. More interviews to come this season. Hats off to uh, Jordan Roughhead on a fine career at both the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood. Uh, shame we won't get to give him the proper send-off, but um, I'm sure we'll see him around the streets of Fitzroy or Northgate. As always, make sure you're following PieHard at PieHard Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to PieHard so you never miss an episode. We are a 100% independent Collingwood podcast. You know where to get your news. You know where to get your culture. We are the spiritual home of Collingwood. Make sure you keep it locked. This is Pie Hard. I had to find the buried treasure. So grams I had to measure. However, living better now. Coochie sweater now. Drop top BMs. I'm the man, girlfriend. Honey, check it. Tell your friends to get with my friend. We could be friends. <laughs> Shit, we could do this every weekend. That's right. That's right. Is that I with you? Yeah. Keep banging. I love it when you call me Big Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. When you call me big pop, to the honey's getting money, playing niggas like dummies.